Well, I am rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. So Firefly gave us a slang word for homosexual. <laughs> Yeah, Sly. I wrote that down. I liked that. It was fine, and I liked Malcolm rea- Malcolm's reaction to it. Yeah, well, he given, didn't seem mon- he seemed very nonplussed. Given the scene with you know, given the bit with the counselor, uh, and the way nobody seemed you know everybody seems to be surprised at Inara, but not shocked, and you know the fact that there is a you know lesbian in a position of power suggests that it's not really a thing in this world which given what Joss Whedon has done you know for characters like Willow or there was a minor gay character on Buffy um it, uh, that seems to be very in line which, with uh which character? the football player they think is a werewolf oh that guy yeah i liked yeah. him well he yeah, dies he, he the... featured a lot in my fantasies as a young bit yeah oh now i want to rewatch that so we'll see you next week um no, I Heart of Gold, I think, was a, a, you know, while the actual plot of it, I don't think is all that interesting. I mean, it's sort of a standard, we're going to fight the guy, and they fight the guy, and everything's fine, and one person dies tragically, which is very much in line with this type of story. Yeah. And also very much in line with the Joss Whedon show. I like it a lot more because I really feel like this is the first sort of Malcolm Hmm. episode we've gotten that deals with where he is now as opposed to there where he was in the past yeah this is true it, 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 it is he he is nandy doesn't really deal with his past at all she's dealing with his president and it's this is also a good anara episode where yeah. and it's an episode where we get a little more details about the companions guild or at least suggestions about it. Um, yeah, apparently leaving a Companions Guild is, is not really allowed, and it's sort of a bad thing to do. And Yeah, well, you know, she she is described as shunned, and we get this interesting detail about Inara that she, in her early, you know, pro, you know, in the past couple of years had been extraordinarily ambitious, wanted to be, I think, the house priestess, they call it. So obviously... A, Which is an interesting term, yes. and it makes the Companions Guild have a religious overtone that I had not really picked well, up they on had, before. You know, they'd had religious overtones in a very Eastern sense in that, you know, she is obviously has some elements of Zen, you know, or, or, or there is... Um, you think about like a religious courtesan kind of... Yeah. Uh, is the... So, so a non-theological, but the term priestess does imply to a god. So, yeah, that is well, a— Well, it's—I mean, I always sort of—I mean, I think that's really true, but I think it, it also—I just kind of, I guess, interpreted those elements of Inara's character as being parts of her character. Yes. But now it seems like that might be part of a larger— a part of what it is to be a companion. You know, it's yes. it's not just a guild that was formed to, I guess, protect— prostitutes but and it grew into something else but now it also has these sort of religious overtones you know well given how ritualized it seems to yeah. be that's not it, it it's not at odds with that again you know when maybe some clients have a bit more of a religious a, a, a more theological aspect again it, it, it's religious but is it theological i'm not sure priestess seems to imply there is a, an, ML, an element of theology that wasn't necessarily there before but it also does seem interesting to me that um you know i really like like book in this episode and i think that yeah. the ways in which he's interacting uh with, with the prostitutes or or whores as malcolm calls them as anara calls them i think there is a bit of a yeah di- well 
we we should get into that in another. That might be a bit of a tangent, but but you know, there's a, when when they first they get the call and they go to the house and they're all sort of meeting each other and she says, oh well, there's food and liquor here and book is behind the counter yeah. doing whatever he's doing, bartending, and, I think. Sure, why not? And he's a man of many talents. He's <laughs> good, he's good with a hammer, which I actually interpreted as like he was going to have like a sledgehammer and start like oh that would have been cool like bashing guys' heads in, <laughs> but that would have been a little too violent for this show, I think. Um. That, you know, he has a couple of scenes with those two prostitutes where he is being sort of asked to perform his sort of religious duties. And, you know, one of the things that I think is an interesting contrast with with Shepard, with with Shepard Book and with Inara is that Inara seems to be part of some sort of obviously the Companions Guild is organized whether it's religious or not, yeah. the name priestess might just be a remnant of something else. Yes. It may actually be a religion we don't know or have some sort of religious... It's not entirely relevant, I would say, well, but I think it, it is, is and it isn't. It is and it isn't because I think it makes it makes more sense for why it's very difficult to leave the Companions Guild. Yeah. Why... What, what is her name? Andy? Nandy. Nandy. Why Nandy uses the term shunned, which has religious yes. overtones. And, and Shepard Book's religion which is not explicitly christian but is obviously christian because he says something about following a carpenter yeah so you know it's coded. He has an it, actual bible right it's coded as christian even if it's not he doesn't come right out and say i'm a lutheran you know but he is some sort of vague i mean it's christian seems, yeah. thing that we don't really know what exact dom- denomination he is and it all seems very loosey I mean, it's several hundred years in the future, so it could even be a – you know, there, there are all sorts of – Oh, I of, thought this took place in the 19th century. Right? Um, no, it, it, it is fairly – you know, considering that, uh, you know, some version of Christianity has existed for a couple thousand years, you can definitely see it outlasting Earth. And Yeah, I don't think that Christianity is going to disappear anytime <laughs> soon. But, but at the same time, it is going to extraordinarily change. For example, I don't know if Catholicism would exist in this version if there is a space pope. But, you know, it, at this point, we're still dealing with the contours of it. That said, the details that we have gotten and the more details we get suggest to me that Again, Joss Whedon and Tim Minear know the answer to those questions, or at least— They have some sort of idea about where they're going with it. At least they know if they're asked—if at the very least they're asked the question and they don't know the answer, they can bullshit an answer. I mean, I would actually—I may actually look at some point to see if there's any sort of article written about, you know, Shepard Book's Christianity, because I do find it—there are real elements of sort of a Unitarian sort of thing where he's very expansive, and this is the the Christianity that, that, you know, I— prefer obviously i mean well you know maybe not obviously but you know it's that sort of thing where he is not judging other people he's not putting himself above them yeah he's very comfortable around the prostitutes he's very comfortable around i would say he's very uncomfortable around the prostitutes he's very nervous and he seems very flustered i think that yeah i think at least for the sexual part of it yeah but i think that he is someone who maybe i mean we don't know enough of his backstory to know why that's happening but i think once he realized like once he thinks he's being propositioned that makes him very uncomfortable when they have once yeah they say you know but once they say oh we actually want you to 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 shepherd to us then he's like oh okay cool. well well they also mention you know we had the last shepherd we had you know would only read us one passage and he took it out in trade like he kind i i I think he is realizing like okay number one they actually do yeah you know want some actual spiritual 
guidance right now and yeah absolutely and i think that that's a good you know i think that that's a nice little i I like the way that the show is treating his character because it's not giving us a shepherd book episode i'm sure there would have been one at some point Uh, yes but um it it is giving us more information about him each and every episode that is making him out to be i think one of the more complex characters on the show frankly yeah 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 um we know we don't know quite what his background i mean part of it is the suggestion that maybe he isn't even a real shepherd and Maybe that's why he's so nervous because, you know, maybe he is following it's this. It's possible, yeah. He's following this path. He certainly has strong religious devotions and leadings, but maybe was never actually ordained or something like that. I mean, maybe that's what, something we would have learned. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe the final thing I'll say about that before we move on to another topic of conversation is that, you know, it could even be that being a shepherd is just you're a shepherd if you say you're one. Yeah, that's true. It could just be an itinerant preacher. It's very possible that organized Christianity has died hmm. out. Maybe. Maybe. You know? I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing, but I think it would be interesting to to see that happen in this type of universe where the Companions Guild is this large force yeah. that has some religious overtones that perhaps has overtaken a lot of this sort of thing. I, I mean, I he, he mentions an abbey at some point. He was definitely living a, 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 a monastic existence at some point. But you know, and those could just be isolated communities on their own, you know. Well, we should. I mean, the, the maybe the final thing we can say about this is that we should also not discount the the influence of of the Chinese on yes. on this universe as well. Because if there's one thing that China is not, it is not overwhelmingly Christian. Yes. So there, you know, obviously a lot of the Zen Buddhist stuff is is sort of part of that. And the confusion. Well, Zen Buddhism is more Japanese, but you know, sort of the the, the I guess maybe some, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of Confucian aspects to it. Something like some that. Confucian some Taoist, some i mean it, it does seem to a degree that we didn't looked at all of the asian religions and just kind of culturally picked the things he thought would be the most interesting to survive I yeah mean, i'm sure that's where that came from um it, it is certainly extrapolations and amalgamations and distortions from you know that that would happen for through several hundred years yeah. in a mass migration but in general, I think this is an episode where all this is certainly an episode where the characters all have something to do, and the show has been better and better at doing that. Yeah, it's definitely getting a lot better at judging, juggling all the characters. Which, and, given that there are nine main characters, is I'm surprised that they were able to do it so well so quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, the show, you know, I, I, like I said, I mean, I had not watched Firefly, you know, since I had watched it, maybe, I don't know. 10 or 15 years ago whenever I watched it. I think I think I watched it when it came out on DVD for the first time, which I think would have been 2003. Yeah. So we're talking 13 years ago. And I remember thinking at the time that the show was good, but that it didn't really ever become fully formed. And I think that what I'm finding on this watch, certainly the first couple episodes are, are shaky, but the show did really find its footing very quickly. Yeah. And, and I think that it's really, you can see that in, the show is comfortable Writing for these characters, I think part of the reason why that happened is that the, the, everyone that writes on the show has a good sense of who these people are mm-hmm. and are able to give them a line or give them two lines. You know, River doesn't really do much in this episode. I think she has two or three lines, but her lines are perfect. Yes. And they're very, very in character with her, and you couldn't give them to anybody else. And I will say that, you know, a lot of that is also her performance. She's oh, bouncing sure, around yeah. excitedly the entire time, you know. Not only do the writers know, understand the characters, but the actors clicked onto the characters pretty much immediately. I mean, I would say that, that that's maybe not true for someone like Zoe. 
Maybe. You know, I don't know that the show really has a good handle on her character yet. And I think you kind of see that because essentially what happens is either she is going with Mal in opposition to her husband or they're arguing over their marriage. And to me, that's a missed opportunity. I would like to see what the show would have done with them or, or done with her, I should say, later on. I don't know that the show has a good sense of who she is yet. Yeah, one, I mean, one of the one of the themes they're starting to deal with with her is her softening in some ways. I mean, that that was certainly uh, Tracy from last week's episode. You know, oh, I'm you know, next thing you'll tell me she's you know she got married. Next thing you'll say is she smiles. You know, in this episode, she wants to have a child. Yeah, you know, she is certainly getting more. I don't know. She she is getting a little more traditionally feminine in certain ways. I mean, I don't use the term softened lightly, you know. I, I, I think she's being feminized in certain ways because, I don't know, her position, especially given what we see of her in the war, maybe she is a little more masculine. I'm not sure if that's exactly what was intentioned or not. Or Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, that, I mean, I, I don't think that uh, wanting a child is something that is outside of her character necessarily i mean because frankly i don't really know that she has one so yeah i mean i guess the i guess what i want to say is this certain for example what we were talking about jane's betrayal you know a lot and you said you liked a lot that they you know it felt unresolved at the time but then they dealt with it in a later episode so you can feel like you know, they knew what Zoe's character was going to be, and, you know, there was going, you know, maybe episode 16 would have been a Zoe episode that would have given us a key to, and, you know, Zoe is an extremely restrained person, yeah. and, you know, we have an episode which would have revealed more of her inner life, for example, um, and just for several reasons, they didn't want to do it quite yet. Again, there's nine there's nine characters in 14 episodes, so yeah, that everybody didn't get their own internal episode is not shocking. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that that you know the show did a really good job at juggling a lot of the characters and giving them moments to shine. But you know, like we like you said, it is a show that was cut short, and so we can't really fault it for not doing that. Well, let's so let's. I mean, we we've talked a lot around the episode, but I, I think it's time to deal with the actual episode because. It is – there's a couple elements here. I mean, so there's this whole guy, Rance Burgess, and he seems to be yeah. a bog-standard sort of evil sheriff, and he's got his posse. And then you've got the whole plot line with the, the pregnant prostitute yeah. whose name I don't remember. Uh, Petaline. Petaline, yes. And I uh, mean, this is the episode doing its Wild West thing full force. Which I actually really – there's It works. The what? But it works because hey, I know where you're going. Yeah, because there's that one scene where Nandy says, oh, he's he likes to play cowboy. Yeah. And to me, that was a really – I liked that line a lot, but it was also really telling because earlier – an earlier version of this show would not have had that line. Yeah. The show was explicitly making this out to be a Western, and no one was acknowledging that. Yeah. And now they are. We've seen magistrates who are extraordinarily corrupt. The guy in Janestown, for example. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is obviously keeping these people under, the, you know, his thumb, and you know he's making things shitty for the mutters. And this guy is similarly corrupt, except he's, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we know that this guy is very into the Wild West thing, and he's literally making things look like that. He's, you know, it, it, it seems he's decorating things in his proper way, and that seems yeah. to be the Wild West. Um, and they also use it. 
they use it thematically very well to have this isolated I, – I guess one of the – one of the things I really take from this episode is this difference between this whorehouse and the Companions Guild given, given that both of them – make that very clear. Again, Anara says they're not companions, they're whores. Right. You know, that scene where Nandy's talking about what life was like as a companion, you know, you're always practicing, you're always playing the dulcimer, and she found it very <laughs> restricted, you know. Which is such a perfect instrument, by the way. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you could see it as the kind of thing that Anara would be very into the sacredness of it and the beauty of it and the aesthetics. And Nandy's the kind of person who just wants to have a good time. She and the girls are much more earthy than yeah. we think companions, you know, th- than certainly Anara is. Um, even though both are extraordinarily sensual and sexual people, well, I mean, they take it, it in very different directions. Well, here, I mean, here I am saying I wasn't going to talk about this anymore, and here I am talking about it. But huh. that that makes me think that, you know, if if the Companions Guild has some religious overtones or is some sort of yeah. religious structure, you know, it could almost be that. You know, I, I don't know which aspect of it came first. I don't know if the 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 you know sex for money or the or the religious part came first. Yeah. but it could all you could you could see a religion cropping up that was not you know, puritanical about sex was not puritanical yeah. about the human body um, and was using the sexual act as a way to remind them of the earthiness of mm. being a person or, or, or even further. I mean, there are plenty of real life religions, which have used, you know, again, I use the phrase temple prostitutes at some point. Those, you know, are an act were an actual thing in certain religions. Yeah. We you have know. one of those in my Catholic church. Oh yeah. Um, but you know, sex is a way of communing with the divine. You can see certainly a not, you know, sex with a companion is going to have a more of a ritualized, you know, two people being more than they are spiritual aspect of this, which is certainly a very important part of sex. Yeah. And then you can see Nandy and the girls at the, you know, that's where you're going to have a few drinks and you just have a wild good time with somebody. And it's not about, you know, communing with the divine. It's just about two people, you know, having fun. You know, well, certainly you can see Jane. I mean, I love Jane in this episode. Yeah. I I love that he you know shacks up with this woman who you know, and they become this little battle couple for the duration of it. You know, and this, but you can't see. I can't see Jane having that kind of a relationship with a companion. No, 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 no. I, I don't think so at all. And yeah. and I think that well, I mean, that's it's a good opportunity for us to to grapple with some of the the Malin and our stuff in this episode because. What what I think is really going on here is that, you know, Inara and Mal are obviously, if not in love, they have strong feelings yeah. for each other. They want something to happen. You know, Inara is very, she's very proper and she's very sort of, you know, celestial in a way. Yeah. And Mal is not. You know, Mal is a man of, yeah. of base passions, let's say, even though he perhaps does not, uh, 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 you know, exercise those very often. And... uh you know, Nandy is not. I mean, Nandy yeah. left the Companions Guild because she is not Inara and didn't fit in and wanted a, a more down-to-earth life, let's say. And so Inara, I think, you know, Inara is crying in this. I mean, there's that great little moment when Nandy goes over to Inara and Inara is obviously upset over finding and out that And she recognizes Nandy immediately. Recognizes immediately that, that Inara is also in love with yeah. Mal. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was just him. Yeah. And... What I think is is most striking about that reaction and also the scene where Inara is crying on the floor is that two things are going on there. I think that Inara is realizing, okay, I'm really hurt by Mal sleeping with Nandy. Mm-hmm. 
But I think she's also upset because she realizes that she's not really, or I, I maybe not. Well, well, there's I think, a few I think she, going well, on. I think she realizes that 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 she thinks that Mao doesn't want someone like her. Whether or not that's true or not, that's what she's thinking in that moment. Yeah, and you know. I, I do appreciate that the big tragedy of this episode is that if Nandy had lived, the three of them would have sat down and had a conversation and hammered it out. Um, Thruple. <laughs> no, but – and I mean this, epi- this episode, you I, – I, again, I'm rewatching this with the Anara is dying theory you know, in the back of my mind. And that does underline a lot of this episode. It does which make I, a lot of it make which sense. Which I will say I don't see a lot of evidence for. No, but at the same time, it's one, for example, you know, there is the question of why did Inara leave? Why does Inara decide to leave the Serenity at the end? Part of it is because, you know, if she's dying, part of it is because she, just, you know, can't have that kind of a tie at this point. Well, I, I, I mean, I want to grapple with the actual text of but the yeah. episode, and I think that the reason why she leaves is because well, there is she's in love with Mal and doesn't want to deal with it. Because let's face it, there is that is going to make her job a lot more difficult. Mal is not, you know, she can I she think, be with Mal and still be a companion? I don't. I think that's too difficult of a question for the two of them to deal with. Well, yeah, I think so. And I think also, well, there's a lot of things going on, as you said. I think that's true. I think the fact that Inara thinks that Mal perhaps doesn't want her is probably part of it. I I also think that Inara, you know, I mean, the the, the episode does start out with a flashback where she, or a, a previously on where she's saying that she's having trouble um, getting clients because they haven't been to yeah. a planet in a while that has a client. So she might, I mean, that really wasn't brought up in this episode but the implication is that that may still be happening or why else have it on the previously on so inara's situation on the serenity may not have been working out for a little while but she was staying because of of mal yeah and now that that avenue is is perhaps cut off for her even though you know you're watching this and you're like okay you guys are both obviously into each other so go fuck but (laughs) But, you know, they have to kind of put a little bit of an artificial barrier there. Now, I don't know. Does Anar, is Anar not in the next episode? No, she's not. We won't see her until the movie. Okay. And so that actually will deal is... with what she's been doing, you know, in the past. The movie takes place. So a, that's the in... movie's about six months from now. So it'll explain what she's been doing. So in that's the past interesting to me because I almost feel like that was perhaps not something that was going to be a uh, 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 part of the show for a long time. Like she would have been maybe several episodes not in. Yeah. Yeah. But I can see kind of like being that kind of being a little shocking because, of course, yeah. I don't think that. Well, the weird thing is that the, the last episode, I believe, was aired in the original run. This episode was aired in like June or July. So the whole thing was very confusing to the people that were watching it at the time. Yes. And it wasn't I guess it wasn't explained why Inara was gone in the next episode. I don't know. I don't remember. But. It it's it strikes me that that ending scene to me was very interesting because I was kind of like oh this is getting really interesting and I know that there's nothing left really they they're not going to deal with this because there's one episode left in the movie yeah so and the movie has so many other sort of masters to serve that they're probably not going to deal with that yeah so, again the plot of the movie seems to seems like it would make more sense if it was taking place around the end of season two so I don't know if for example her being away would have even been part of that arc you know maybe the next three or four episodes would have been her away and then by the end of the first season she's back on the crew or maybe that's even the plot of the you know there's a cliffhanger in the finale let's say i wonder if she took the shuttle i don't remember 
I mean, she could still pay rent, keep yeah. the shuttle. Yeah. It's a nice shuttle. It she made a nice it really, shuttle. She made it really pretty. Aw. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else to say? I mean, I think I liked this episode a lot more watching it now than when I first watched it. I think there is a lot of the first conversation between Anara and Mal when she's talking about this and, you know, she says they're not companions and, you know, they they kind of jokingly called, you know, call the women independent. But it is very clear that for yeah. Mal, for Mal, this is another version of of that fight. I mean, this is a somebody who is forcing people into a certain way of life and that they don't want to be and that he is trying to protect them from, again, this whatever the hell his name is, is another version of the Alliance. And I do find it very interesting in 2016 watching it that the out-and-out villain of this piece is somebody who, you know, likes illegal weapons because he views that he thinks that they're important to protect his family. Yeah. And who view doesn't view women as people and who, you know, thinks of them as, you know, only sex objects. And I don't know, that's very... It's interesting that that is who the villain is, given that we we today are dealing with a lot of real life villains who are a lot like that. Well, that's part of America. Yeah, I mean, we certainly have not solved that problem since two thousand two. No, I know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it, it would. I mean, I agree with you, but I think it would have had resonances in twenty fifteen and twenty fourteen and twenty thirteen sure. and twenty twelve and twenty eleven. No, no, no. It, it, yeah, yeah I, I guess that's where I'm going with that. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's a part of American society, and this is a show that was made in America. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound dismissive, but I think it's one of those things that uh, is certainly there. But but given especially how. A lot of people, you know, the NRA will, you know, propose a guy like this is America. You know, a lot of people, you know, we're we're dealing with, um, you know, a lot of right wing, crazy right wing people who, you know, think this view is kind of right. And for the show, I guess, to take this much of a stance is I, I don't know if a show would take that strong of a stance on a network. And maybe that's part of the maybe that's part of the reason that it was really so shuffled well, around. I, don't know. I will just say this. I mean, I don't want to get down a big rat hole of talking about American poli- American politics, but why not? That's um, what we do. I, I think that in general, American politics has gotten. I mean, certainly it's been getting bad for 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 decades, um, but especially in the past ten or fifteen years, it has gotten progressively worse. And you know, there is a, a degree to which there's a lot of different cultural and political forces that are sort of combining in very very horrible ways. Um, that were just not necessarily true in 2002. So, yeah, I think that certainly all of that is true, but also the fact of the matter is uh, the the political environment in America has changed significantly in just those 14 years. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was depressing. This episode definitely ends on a depressing note. True. One episode left. Yeah. And talk about depressing... No. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm very excited. You should be very excited. Joss Whedon wrote it. Oh, God. Well, before we reveal what that episode is, if you have any comments that you would like to give us about this episode of the podcast, please leave a comment on the post for this episode at tuninginshow.com. If you've been enjoying tuning in, the, the first uh, you know first set of episodes on Firefly, almost over, just two more to go. If you've really been enjoying this conversation and... Uh, you know, finding out exactly what we're going to be doing next, mm. which we know, but you don't. 
uh, you can go to patreon.com slash truckaboutshow and uh, give us a little bit of your money. We also are on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Tuning In Show. And as always, please leave us a positive iTunes review for tuning in. It is the best way for new fans to find us, as well as Truck About, which we also do. All right, next week we're talking about the last episode of Firefly ever made. Unless you count the movie. Objects in Space, which seems a little on the nose and was also the last episode of Babylon 5, I believe. Really? I think so. I think I'm... Maybe that was Objects at Rest. I don't know. Yes, Objects at Rest. Well, whatever. Mac, why do you...